When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show that's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. 10% discount on your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan, Michael, Moscow with you on the weekly show number 258. Quick heads up that you can get a one-month trial on TSB Plus, our all-in subscription package that's available on the website right now. Have a look at the squareball.net forward slash plus. means you can get these podcasts ad-free, priority access to the match ball after the games, daily email from Moscow as well with all the essential Leeds United news, discounts on merch, all sorts of stuff in there. Have a look at that, squareball.net forward slash plus. Right into it then. Part one is where we have a look at the latest Leeds United news. We're in January now, so the window is open. It's exciting. Any news, Phil, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Phil has brought us news today, uh, among other people. We are signing, uh, our, we are finalising as we speak. He's at Thorpe Arch, running around the track probably. Matteo Joseph Fernandez from Espanyol. Is he a highly rated central midfielder who's he's, played 200 games? He's a highly rated 18-year-old forward <laughs> who, will go, who will go into the academy, Michael. <laughs> oh, and that, well. And that's all you're getting for now. Mind you, Angus told us in the programme notes... You know, we need to uh, meet Bielsa's high exacting standards if we're going to sign anybody in this window, but the backing is always there. Should he have said that, by the way? Was it worth it? Easy to say nothing? What do you think? Mm. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you said nothing, people said, why didn't you say anything? If you said, we're spending loads of money, people said, why are you alerting other clubs to how much shop I'm going to do? And then when he said, you know, it will be difficult, which he basically said exactly as Marcel Bielsa has been saying all season then he just gets well well why aren't we signing anybody so maybe just I mean when he skipped having program notes the other week that was good <laughs> so maybe just if he does, if there's if it's that much of a problem just don't say anything at all but um, you know it's space filler isn't it it's not going to be reads the program when there's the square ball for sale outside the, the ground at the same time for a mere £2.50 one of your big bugbears, if you are a, a TSB Plus subscriber, you get the, the daily email, it's called Propaganda, is you don't like Port Vale because they wrongfully stole Leeds City's place in the football pyramids some time ago. Yeah, no Leeds United fan should. No Leeds person should. Neil Aspin is maybe allowed. There have been a few exceptions over the years where you... Defectors from like North Korea to South Korea kind of vibes. Well, well yeah, people go over the border and maybe try to spread the, the good message they try to... Michael Brown. He is not one of Danny them. Q. That just, uh, just further cemented their uh, descent down the staircase into hell. But yeah, 1919, Leeds City, almost unquestionably innocent of everything. 
that they were accused of. But regardless of that, one of the main reasons why Leeds City got thrown out of the league was not the repercussions of what they uh, certainly did not do or did, but that um, Port Vale were lobbying all the other members of the Football League going, if you, if you get them out, this is, this is the same. You get us in. To draw like a modern parallel, it's like someone being stood at the front of a, a full nightclub, a queue outside, encouraging the bouncers to throw somebody out. Yeah, basically. And it was all, you know, there's a, a big financial promises because they used to share ticket revenue. and the this way the, it, the transfer section of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. The way that ticket revenue would be shared meant that you would lose money playing against certain teams because they had smaller crowds than you. So Port Vale had that leverage of going around saying, oh, massive stadium it's going to be the Wembley of the North they're not in the North are they the Wembley of the North and they're not even in the North Wembley of some fucking ceramics factory Um, (laughs) and that was a big factor in why Leeds City were then thrown out and then who did we play as soon as we're back in the Football League ourselves as a new club that we had to form Leeds Leeds United Port Vale Um, and I feel like the rivalry has been um, left (laughs) Has been not not been sustained it's over been the years dormant. the way it should. Yeah, um, and I don't I don't think this is necessarily helpful because I quite like Ryan Edmondson and he's gone I was gonna, there. This is one hell of a long run up just to say that Ryan Edmondson's gone on loan to Port Vale, a striker who will never play for Leeds again. Well, you never know unless he has. A, he might have a hot streak. They're in a they're, they're going for a promotion from League Two. They're sixth, and he'd better not help them. But I don't know whether he will get much help himself because he's not on the staff list at the moment. But from what my spies. Um, in the potteries tell me Billy Painter is a coach at uh, if there's one man <laughs> I've just seen who their man I've just seen who their manager is mm-hmm. Darnell Clark from um, <laughs> no it's Daryl Clark isn't it yes who's Dar- I'm thinking of um, August Darnell from Kid Creole and the Coconuts and you and you would be an obscure <laughs> funk band yeah it's not it, it's not them it's, it's Daryl Clark who was at one point Chilino's preferred man wasn't he yeah you, the best decision he made was uh well, at the time, you look back and think the best decision he could have made is turning Leeds United down. But then to go and accept Port Vale just mm. suggests that he's part of this century-long conspiracy of hate. Which is exactly what it is. Uh, First team coach, of course, is Huddersfield legend uh, Dean Whitehead that just further compounds the anti-Leeds sentiment at that club. And I just hope... Uh, <laughs> I mean, Ryan at Fleetwood scored uh, two goals in 17 games, both in the Papa John's. So it's not been a great period for him there, but I can't wish him well at Port Vale. (laughs) I hope it's not a goal fest. Um, I hope he just cuts the loan short. Maybe being there a week will be enough for him to realise it's all been a big mistake and we'll take him back and send him somewhere else. Port Vale's website, to their credit, does list the laundry manager on the staff, which is quite nice. And yet not Billy Painter. (laughs) Um, whose Wikipedia page does still say he works there, but I, I can't find out what he Levels does. of shame to this game. Um, what do you think about Sam Greenwood maybe going out on loan then in terms of another young forward, uh, possibly going to Swansea or Forest? They're both rumoured to be in for him. Is this Are we, are we seeing like a, a change in Bielsa's policy potentially here of sending young players out to go get some, uh, some air miles? No, I think we're seeing a rehash of last year's rumours because he was linked to Swansea last year. Right. I think it's just... Same. Well, the Swansea's manager, the Same. the terrifying bloke Cooper, he's mm. gone to Forest, hasn't he? So that's probably it's rehashing their link for him and Swansea. I think is probably what's come about. I mean, he's all. I think there is some genuine interest there. It does seem to have been talked about, and and he is Cooper is one of those managers who does like getting young players. I mean, he got um, Brewster on loan from 
Liverpool and then they hilariously sold him for twenty four million pounds or whatever to Sheffield United. So maybe we should do that. Just sell Green for twenty four million pounds in summer. I might be fine with that if I wanted to sell him for twenty four million. Cody Drama has been linked to along to Forest as well, but it's not just a big change in policy towards the young players, but it's a change towards the first team squad as well, because you can't really say that our squad is deep enough that we might not need Sam Greenwood. And I know clubs are now frantically cancelling loans all, all over the shop because of the COVID thing and trying to get games played and stuff. But I don't think that's ever really a recall clauses are not the ideal scenario for anybody. And uh, Bielsa always says it's about if he thinks a player is good enough to be contributing to our first team, then they stay. If he doesn't, then they can go out on loan. And I don't think, I think Greenwood is still close enough to our first team that he would not want to let him go. I mean, there's a small squad and then there's letting the players you actually need go out on loan for no reason, isn't there? But there's also the question of if we look to bring somebody in the other side, you know, in the indoor, and then mm. he can maybe have a, a loan. Because you do get that sense that there is that kind of, um, that no man's land before they defect from North Korea to South Korea, where they need to go get some some air miles, don't they? Some football under the belts, otherwise they kind of just hover playing murder ball and sitting on the bench at Leeds and not really doing much. It's a question of whether murder ball is a better option than being coached by Billy Painter at Port Vale mm. and the training you get. And I was just looking at Phil Foden never got loaned anywhere. You make it sound like Ryan Edmondson might have begged to stay and they've got no well, no, that's a, for you. Well, Ryan Edmondson is obviously out of the picture and you know we don't think he's going to be breaking into the team under Bielsa, maybe one will relegate at the end of the season and Heckingbottom comes back and then he'll, he'll have a chance then. But he's out of the picture. But, but because Sam Greenwood is seen as a viable option by Bielsa and he's somebody who he thinks can be good enough for our first team, his point of view, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad one, is that he benefits more from being trained and playing murder ball and playing in our under-23s than he does playing League One for Daryl Clark and Billy Painter. And... The experience side of it, I think, is a is accurate. You wonder when these players are going to get the the league experience, and you're kind of seeing the the downside of that maybe with the state of Tyler Roberts now. Where that one of the thoughts I had about him missing that header is when have we ever seen him go for a header like that? Like when was the last Hull. time he actually? Hull. Well, that was a very different one. That was the the Van Persie dive, wasn't it? But when was the last time he actually was in that situation in a match? Whereas if he played instead of having his uh, leg infected for two years, he'd been either playing an hour under 23s or on loan for getting, you know, 60, 70 games under his belt for a couple of seasons. He might have had more muscle memory and that ball just goes flying in. But then, yes, I just looked up Phil Foden, who I think he's quite good. And how he's been managed at Manchester City was always a big question as well of like, why isn't he getting any games? Why isn't he going out on loan? Why isn't Pep using this outrageous talent? And um, he's... Uh, yeah, so over the seasons, uh, 0, 5, 13, 23, 28, 13 appearances to the age of 21. So building him up Are you gradually. saying Greenwood is going to be as good as Phil Foden? Um, that sounds like it to me. I'm a fan no, so. but I am saying that it is possible to get a player ready for the Premier League without loaning them mm. to some post-industrial northwest um, nuclear wasteland, as we've done with a lot of the kids who we don't think are, are going to Barrow there, make it. Well, they've all gone there, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, Barrow, Fleetwood, Morecambe. It's been, um, I don't know, trying to keep them all together. On oh, the injuries <laughs> from, by the way, support. on Roberts, do we know what's wrong with him yet? Was it was it his calf that he pulled? 
It looked that way. Yeah. But I, I guess we'll find out from Bielsa's presser this week. That's true. But it looked... Another it looked detailed injury report. Yeah. Another strange injury, no doubt. I've never seen anything like it. It does but, feel like, hopefully, that we're over the worst of the injuries now, because what we've got, Strauch and Rodrigo <laughs> just need a bit of a rest damn, for their... Just shut your filthy <laughs> mouth. Why? Even and it feels like it doesn't mean we are. I don't, and we, I'm not it felt it. like that when Bamford came back, scored, mm. Mm. and then immediately injured himself again, celebrating and just which we might look back on and laugh don't. at one day, but not right now. I mean, it was funny at the time. He's, well, he's nearly back. He's, Bamford said to be close. He could have been available for Burnley, but obviously they've chosen not to risk him. And with Joffy ripping things up and looking really, really exciting, then there's another option there, isn't there? But I was going to say, Strike and Rodrigo, they just need rest. The pair of them, by the sounds of it, don't they? They're, and they might get it. Well, enough rest. Because they've got... Um, I've been playing. What have they been doing? The Cup game this week, which we'll come on to. Shax, is he February? We sort of right? have hinted at it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if Ailing's fit, it doesn't matter all that much, does mm. it, for Shackleton? He's going to be a bench option. That's but... for Shackleton, but not for us. Yeah, exactly. And, He's another uh, one who needs some actual games. Yeah, Calvin well. and Cooper are both confirmed as fairly long-term into March, March. before a full return. Why did nobody ask beginning of March or end of March? Hmm. Quite a difference. Yeah. But even on the press conference when, um, because Bielsa did his little roundup of injuries at the start, didn't mention this. And then later on, he threw it in without being asked. He was like, oh, of course, they'll be out until March. And Phil Hay, our very good friend, did then say, can I just confirm, is that, is March a worst case scenario? Is that when you expect them back? And Bielsa said, that's when we expect them back. But he didn't ask. First or third. It's a long month as well. It's and not it, when you is look that 28 when, days. And is that back from starting training or is that back in the first team fold? And that detail was Do there to job, be had. Do Phil Hay. Well, he, he was Sick saying, of it. Uh, Bielsa was saying... Having to work um, with these bloody amateurs. I think he said about Shackleton <laughs> that it would be end of February. So he's, <laughs> he's offering those little further bits of information because it's a big difference. <laughs> I was quite um, relaxed about them not being back until when we had the, the first details when they first went out and it was a matter of weeks and you could count them back and say right they're going to be back first week of February around the Aston Villa game so that's when we can expect them back and that's okay because January is only West Ham and Newcastle once Burnley were out of the way now I don't know what's happening I've just got no clue don't, I don't even we, know if we're, how have we got any games in we February don't, we don't need anybody anyway do we because uh, everyone everyone beneath us is rubbish so we're fine with staying up as we proved on Sunday by being we Burnley don't, we don't need any new midfielders because the midfield I'm doing my Thomas Christian thing again. Midfield, you like? Everybody says we need a midfield. There's a midfield. Seriously, though, do you feel like a lot more relaxed about how bad the Premier League is? Like having beaten Burnley? Because look, yeah. have you seen all the results like that have happened underneath us? There was that stat that somebody pulled that was, uh, which I might have mentioned on the match ball or maybe even off air, I don't know. But of all the 20 games or 20 odd games that have been played by teams beneath us, not a single one has won a game apart from when Newcastle beat Burnley so it was a match between two of the sides that were down there uh, yeah, awful I mean, isn't it the little break we've had with Covid has been nice because we've got to have a rest and then when other people have played they've lost so it's, it's the table's just looked absolutely fine as a result of it and it's meant we've, we've got players back but yeah it is it's kind of reassuring that there's not an awful lot of life down there. As, I think, we, as we were discussing on propaganda, actually, we were making a joke, Moscow, about um, like Brighton needing the regulation nine wins per season. It's about all you need, isn't it? And it's it's not a great deal. You've just got to win roughly a quarter of your games and you find to stay up. There's not even a lot of life anywhere. And I think with it being a squat division with only 20 teams in it, that means it's quite... You don't get that buffer um, that you'd get in the in the championship. I mean, you're talking about Everton getting dragged into the potentially the relegation battle when really they're mid-table but mid-table doesn't really exist um, 
Stephen York, who writes for us, tweeted this morning to point out that Leeds are the same distance to Scum as Scum are to Chelsea, and that Norwich are closer to Scum than Scum are to Manchester City. <laughs> and I can't really sort of visualise the maths behind all that and exactly what it means, but the, the feeling I've had about the Premier League this season, and Bielsa kind of mentioned it when he said that everybody's running less, I don't think it's a very good year. Mm. And, I, mean, I mean, it's a very good year for Man City. Man City, they, they clearly are, even like, they started a little bit dicey, but then sorted it out. But there's, there's not really. A... You true, it's true. You know, you're right because like Chelsea having a little wobble, Liverpool have had a little wobble. Apart from Man City, who are just running away with mm. it, everyone's sort of indifferent, taking points off one another. Spurs are on a bit of an upward curve at the minute. West Ham are generally all right, but beyond that, everyone's fairly just crap or inconsistent, aren't they? Yeah, it's not like it doesn't feel like a classic league at this state. It's not like one that you'll look back on and go, oh, that was a really good season if Barclays is what you're supposed to call it, isn't it? No, that's a nine. Um, <laughs> sorry sorry to be a grumpy old fart. Carling, all right. <sighs> Whatever. But yeah, so there's that. Maybe all is, you know, I'm sure it will be much better next season after a short summer when we cram a World <laughs> Cup into the middle of it. Mm, well, the, the what, in the, the World Cup's next December, isn't it? It's that's what I mean. not the summer here. Yeah. So, but the, Short the summer, summer has been yeah, 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 yeah. already to accommodate. Gotcha. So we're starting early and then uh, knocking off, and then they, they just go and play that. But it's funny thinking, like you know, I think there's a everyone feels like we'll be a, in a much better position, assuming we survive this season to get into next year, where you can sort of count on that comfortably getting your ten to twelve wins. That's going to make everything a little bit more, uh, a little bit more relaxed going through the full season. Because I'm looking at like the the championship, the top end of the championship table. And there's not a right lot doing that. I mean, like, you know, the teams that are looking to come back up, if Bournemouth come back up, are they going to come up and then suddenly rip it up? If Blackburn do make it up, do you expect them to do anything but, do Norwich. but struggle? Then you've got... Sorry, Tony. Beneath that, you've got Fulham, West Brom, QPR, Huddersfield. <laughs> you can't imagine any of them making massive inroads, can you? No, so as long as there's always three teams at the bottom that are going down. and That will always be the case, I think. And you can look at Definitely some, of the, three at the uh, some of the potential... Um, escapees this season like you don't see Watford if they manage to stay up you don't think next season there's suddenly going to be a threat to the the top six um, Everton are just going to keep bothering the relegation place so I think as long as there's always like a bottom three and Everton yeah. Brent, Brentford will inevitably drop out at some point as well yeah so there's there's enough down there and that's why uh, yeah staying up this season is um, just does change and what we know, and what we know now as well is that we, you know, we dismissed second season syndrome because we did quite well last season. We went, ha, that's not a thing. I think we'd all fairly much admit that it can be a thing that you get. You know, it's it's felt a little bit more joyless. I think this season it's not been as much fun because well, we haven't won as many. Well, yeah, the, we haven't won as many. The reality is the practicalities yes. have yes. been in, in the Premier League sort of bedding a little bit, and that's what's going to happen to Brentford next year. And we all know it now. Although the one and they're thing, not wearing yeah. it; they're still enjoying it. They're in the honeymoon period. One thing that did occur to me the way the goals were celebrated on Sunday and the way every goal has been celebrated this season, it does seem to matter a lot this year. And those goals, um, I'm really enjoying every goal. Mm. There's not one way, oh, yeah, right, just, you know, the, the fourth in a four now, which you think would be nice. And it's not, I don't know what's causing it necessarily because we haven't got that real backs against the wall relegation battle. We haven't got the, we're not going for a title or a cup. It's really just a strain to get into mid-table, and it seems to be born of. Um, in I think really... it's relegation, surely. Well, I think, I think I think we've been in a relegation battle and still are, but not in a 
bottom of the table, trying to scramble our way up every half a point we can get mm-hmm. on the board matters. And I think it's more from a, it's being generated quite positively where it's, you can see why the team is struggling, the injuries, you can see why everything's going against them. You can see that good players like Stuart Dallas, Luke Ayling, matches click apart from the pests on Twitter are having a hard time for whatever reason and everybody loves Bielsa so they're being supported and that's expressing itself in goals where you're like when Stuart Dallas scores on his 250th appearance everybody's really happy that it's happening not just that I thought there was a, a real outpouring for the first one against Burnley on Sunday that, yeah, so yeah, that's what I mean. Proper, like everyone kind every of, single everyone goal. knew we, we needed to win that on Sunday, and I think the yeah. release for that, even for that one. But there's not been a game unlike that. I think mm. every goal that um, I've experienced. I mean, even the, the Bamford against Brentford that I was sitting watching in my COVID haze looked like a lot of fun, and Pat Bamford enjoyed it until he didn't. So I still think it's hilarious. <laughs> it's just, it's one of the, I mean, that's the kind of the leadiest, hilarious nonsense. That only happens to us and seems to be happening a lot this season. But did still kind you of funny. did you note over the weekend that you're now able to stand up football again? That's amazing, isn't it? I didn't. I, I've, I've sat down for all these years. Yeah. Uh, every game in the cop, every away game I've ever been to, always always sat down. Because uh, Chelsea v Liverpool, they introduced proper, acceptable, allowed, safe standing, didn't they? It is. I mean, it's it's been coming for a while, hasn't it? And it's. I think we. I think we're all in favour. I mean, given that every, every as you. I mean, as you were just making the joke, then everyone stands up anyway. Yeah, I mean, not the, not all throughout the ground. You know, you want to have the option of seats, yeah. obviously. But I'm saying, but like you know, by and large, everyone stands up, like behind the goal, south stand, southeast corner, whatever the, yeah. the scene sections. You stand at the back of the west stand. You can't see <laughs> the, the the gantry actually yeah. blocks your view. The uh, but oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. the gantry gone. Got that quickly. I'll, yeah. I'll just move it close to the mic so we can hear it. There we there go. We go. Uh, yeah, I was going to say um, people are standing anyway, so it just makes sense logically to make it a thing you can do. Without breaking the law, <laughs> is it is the reason you want it so you can find it easier to throw missiles, engage in hate chanting, racism, sneak alcohol in, and take cocaine? Uh, is, that, is that why you want to well, do I mean, it? To be, is that why you support it? To be honest, the seat that I sit in, it's the only thing that's preventing me free basing um, heroin. This was um, Dan James running away with his uh, stiff mm. left arm celebration, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, I'm normally, yeah, just just um, racking up lines on the seat in front. I can't do that. It's going to disturb the person in front of me, so I better not do that today. So mm. it's the Inject only thing stopping it. me, yeah. Because yeah. I've got Inject a nice... Inject safe standing straight into my veins. Because <laughs> I've got a nice bald head, I just let people snort coke off the top of that. Yeah. It's just nice. It's a little benefit for the people who, who uh, stand behind me. This needs context of uh, <laughs> the Cheshire Police Chief Constable Mark Roberts, um, who doesn't seem to be in favour of safe standing um, and is expressing this by making it sound really appealing to probably quite a large section of um, English football supporters where he said, if crowds are stood up, it's easier to throw missiles, engage in hate chanting, racism, to sneak alcohol in and take cocaine. <laughs> a, a lot of people, unfortunately, I mean, will look en- at that and go, yes, if that's all going to be easy, because I mean, it's quite difficult. When I man. engage in my hate chant in Moscow... Uh, <laughs> Is it difficult when you're sitting? There? Yeah, I, my, my voice, my voice doesn't work as well. But it probably is easy to throw things when you stood up. Yeah, but people stand up to throw things anyway. That's there why they that. always get picked out. Do, on you, the do you tend to stand up for your your hate chanting and racism, or do you, do you stay, stay seated? For it's that? why I have to stay sitting down so I don't do it. I guess in the, the West, only thing stopping me. in the West stand, it's all seated, isn't it? Though? But it is true though. If you um, if you are trying to sneak alcohol in, you could maybe you could tuck like a I don't know like a hip flask or something into your sock. 
Mm. And you could run a straw all the way up your inside leg, through your groin, up, you know, your inside of your clothes to and like get a little straw by your mouth like that and just um, suck on your drink. How well, is it easier to sneak alcohol in just well, because say, when you get in, you're standing up? But if you sit down, it's going to put a kink in the line, isn't it? And it's not going to be able to come through But as he's, much. Not, he's not talking about it's easier to drink in the stand. He's talking about it's easier to sneak the alcohol in as if all the, you know, the security staff and sniffer dogs will just be... <laughs> irrelevant now because once you pass them you can stand well I sneak my booze and drugs in by I go through the turnstile in a seated position that's how I managed to get it in this is it now that's a big secret if, if will standing on a t- an open terrace make people more likely to take a cane than oh at the moment you have to go into a toilet to do it or do it in a, a concourse or do well, you've it got, you've got a, a, barrier, sit, a barrier in front of you, you sitting down would be easier though wouldn't it because you'd you duck down behind somebody. I've heard that they're installing square barriers, so you've got a nice flat surface mm. to to wreck your line upon if you wanted. That's what <laughs> we're doing. Be snorting it off the uh, the rail seats. Is that, <laughs> That's is that the idea. Which is a question: Where are our rail seats? Because Angus yeah, told us said, they yeah. were going to be from the back of the cop moving forward from the start of the season, and now Chelsea, everybody's maybe it's just been Ch- Chelsea. Everybody's standing up, hate chanting, drinking, and taking drugs, and we're all sitting down. So maybe. where 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 are our drug just, chairs? Maybe just delayed. They didn't put the drug chairs in because they were delayed because of COVID or whatever. Because it's like the the West Stand restrictions, for example. You know, the red zone meant that we didn't get the new dugouts yet and stuff because the it's just, everything's been delayed by bloody. Well, COVID. I mean, the, I mean, the old the dugouts that are there is an absolute golden surface for snorting yeah. drugs off, isn't it? <laughs> that, was, <laughs> so that needs fixing. And nobody tell Cheshire Police Chief Constable Mark about that. He'll be livid if he sees... And, what, and this line as well, I mean, I know we're, we're being really glib about this, but... And also, well, he's being an idiot. He's saying, and also, in many of the modern stadiums, the bowls, you can actually migrate all the way around the stadium. So the concern is that they get overloaded and you can get crushing issues. That's not true. So, all right then, Chief Constable Mark Roberts, why don't you put some fences in between and see what happens again there? Idiot. <laughs> I mean, it is... I don't... I've not been to... But there are barriers between sections, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You can't get from one part of the stadium to another. Is he talking know? about concourses, though? Because I've not been to Spurs. Well, he must be specific. Like Can no. you walk around them all? He but must be specifically, specifically talking about above ground because he's talking about safe standing versus seated. So that's just not, it's just not true, is it? And it I mean, wouldn't like, change. Just, you can have crowding in a seated area mm. if, you know, 10,000 people who shouldn't be in one section all decide to go to that section, whether it's rail seats or seats isn't going to make a right lot of difference. You've just got a load of people in the wrong place. So it's not the well, furniture. Well, but I mean, oh, I, there's a table over there. Let's know, all go um, and look at it. I know Bayern Munich are our bet noir, but when I, you know, I went there the other two years ago now, just pre, in the before times, pre-COVID, and we went to a game there and it is actually genuinely like that. On, in the concourse, you can walk around the entire stadium underneath and you, can, you could go in anywhere. But people didn't because people are sensible. They want to go where their allocated seat is there or thereabouts. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this goes back to Hillsborough, doesn't it? And the crowd control problems at Hillsborough were down to the police and the fact that even having opened gates and had the opportunity to divert people into side pens, the way Hillsborough was set out and the way they dealt with the crowd pushed everyone into the, central the middle. Yeah. And that is what went wrong. At a logically organised stadium, people will act in a more logical way and you won't it, you won't get that because yeah. people will go, will see that you arrive at lots of turnstiles, you go in, there are signs, there are lots of different entrances into and it's, a ground. it's almost like we had the Taylor Report what, 30 years ago that pointed all this out and stadiums have changed since then. Well, what, it, what can happen it, in 30 years? It still hasn't, actually, in truth. Yeah. When, you, when you go in there, it's, it's kind of a bit eerie because you know what it's like, but you can actually see, even though there are changes, you can kind of see how it would yeah. have happened weirdly because of just cause of the way the way that is arranged. But yeah, it's, 
if it's done in a proper way, I don't see any reason not to. And the modern stadiums, they may well have this ability to migrate from section to section, but they also have the kind of space and scale that Hillsborough never had. So the the chances of crushing developing, and I assume because he's talking about rail seating and safe standing that he must be talking about on the terraces, but there's surely spurs. You just go on the pitch now. It's not something that's going to happen again in the same mm. way that he seems to be implying. And also, you're right to highlight the roles of police because all of the things he's talking about here are within his control as Cheshire Police Chief Constable Mark Roberts. So if they happen at Chester, Macclesfield, Wrexham, so we, I don't even know why we're listening to this. Stockport It's probably the biggest stadium this guy has ever seen. Port Vale would be a, a dream to him. There's actually gen- just- but all of these things, is it, like police powers will not be removed because rail seating goes in if there are crushes occurring or just a drug farm <laughs> developing <laughs> then you can go and do something about it as the police. And, oh no, they've got rail seating over there. It's like kryptonite. You can't do, <laughs> can't do a thing since they put that there. It's a force field. Ooh. I was going to say, actually, you mentioned Chester there as part of his jurisdiction. And we were talking, about this. We were talking about this in the car, weren't we, the other day when I was giving you a lift on Moscow. That I can't remember how we got onto Chester City, but the club offices are at the back of the main stand, which is in England. But the rest of the stadium, like basically the front of the stand, and then the rest of the stadium, the other three stands are in Wales. Well, that's ideal because you'll need passports to get from one bit of the ground to the other. So that's that'd be perfect for him. Yeah, so... I mean, uh, the thing about overcrowded areas as well, like Leeds away, some people do go in the seats, but there's generally a bit of a free-for-all atmosphere with where you where you sit. Because of what you were saying, people want to sit with their mates and because of the ticket application process and stuff, people end up like spread all over the place. So actually you kind of, you generally get in, you're like, oh, we're like at the back right corner or whatever and people congregate. But it's fine. Like yeah. people just yeah. find space and, other, and then you go where there's space. Well, it's, is it because there is enough space? Because problem with Hillsborough was with the fences and the cages. Mm. Yeah, know, well, crowd, crowds are self-regulating until you put fences in to stop them being self-regulating. Yeah, like Dortmund exactly. as well. That, again, a massive, big, open terrace. That's not even rail seats. That's actual proper terrace. Again, it's fine because people go, I could go where it's really busy or I, when I can't see or I could go and find a little bit of space somewhere. Do you think he just doesn't want to bother doing his job? <laughs> you do get the sense with the police. <laughs> with the police a lot <laughs> recently, don't you? It's like, oh, God. <laughs> Is this, is this us again having to do this? Christ, what a pain in the ass! January, innit? Transfer window open. Are we buying anyone? Remains to be seen. You know what's more important than that, don't you? Not selling anyone? No, I was thinking about the housing market kicking into gear as it always does at this time of year. I was also... That was that was next <laughs> next on the list. Thank you, Michael. I'm glad you're, we're on the same wavelength. Um, yeah, Levi Solicitors bring you the Square Ball podcast. You can get a 10% discount on your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball and I mention that because they do conveyancing and when you do conveyancing and get a house get yourself a bloody will as well because it's dead important because you don't want people you don't want to have your house having it if the worst should happen no seriously look up Levi's we really appreciate their support so if you're looking for a um, solicitors company in Leeds Leeds fans levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball part two of the show is the West Ham preview. We've got the FA Cup third round game on Sunday. Are we on the telly? We're on the telly, aren't we? Probably, yeah. It's exciting, isn't it, the FA Cup? Is uh, it it's a terrestrial telly? Could be. That's we should have probably checked this before we started recording, but here we are. We'll have a look now. Do it on the hoof. But anyway, yes. Everybody could see our shame, our shame. I mean, this won't be, a, for a change, this would be a fairly routine defeat, wouldn't it? 
I feel like we normally we normally like to be, be a bit special when we're getting knocked out of the FA Cup. But mm. this would be this would be this would be predictable and acceptable. I think this, wouldn't would, it? this yeah. would be fine, wouldn't it? I'd ITV rather be one. ITV one. Oh Very wow! Good. You know what ITV is? On we ch- learned this at Histon on Channel Three. <laughs> Are you being nice to your ex-employers there, Michael? No, of course, I've I no, forgot there was a conflict there, I've, wasn't there? I've no, I've no reason to be, really. They, uh, yeah, their football coverage regularly was. <laughs> there was us and then there was the game where, an England game, or was it, no, it was, I think it was a Liverpool-Everton FA Cup yeah. game when they cut to a Tic Tacs advert during, like, as, the, as the goal was <laughs> scored was, in extra time. <laughs> was that your doing? No, no, I wasn't in charge of that sort of thing. You, didn't have to, you weren't trusted with the Tic Tacs account. <laughs> it would have been much worse if I'd been in charge of it. I will sell you a slot during the game yeah. as a cross goes in the box I promise we'll cut straight to it <laughs> uh, so being on the telly the nation can witness our non-shame on Sunday it Which, doesn't really matter does it well I mean we're going to play pretty much our first-ish team here aren't we are we just about well, we've, only, we've only really got a first team available mm. now is, is what I was thinking it's going to be either the first team or a very very young team Eddie Gray has fond memories of uh, Westfield at <laughs> the London Olympics <laughs> I was going to put Eddie in and play the kids for this game. Right. Eddie in and play Archie. Yeah, give Archie his debut. I don't know if um, if we mentioned it on here, but when Archie was on the bench against Arsenal, he had a heart-stopping moment when we were making a change because one of the coaches had been given the instruction to where the players are warming up. He was pointing and went, you come here. And I saw Archie Gray go, <laughs> pointed himself, go, me? And you think you're 15 years old and you're about to make your Premier League debut. He's like, no, 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 not you, him. But there was just that little moment I was wondering what that must have been like for Archie Gray to have that moment where he's pointing at you. I'm not ready. You're coming on. <laughs> I can't do it. Mr. Unless the, the other thing was, I'm born ready, mate. Get me on that pitch. And then uh, told to sit down again. So one of either two ways. But What would you do with he this? He could make his debut. Give Archie Gray his debut. Would you, is that what you do? Make pl- some cup history. Would you FA play, Cup's would- got no romance anymore. So get as many Greys back as we can. Eddie Gray as manager. Frank Gray can be his assistant. Andy. Andy, probably still fit enough to play. Nick and Gray. Archie. It was Nick Gray as well for a time? Yeah. Was Stuart Gray related or was he, he was kind of an ancillary Gray. Ancillary? An, um, an annex Gray. What would you do with this then, Michael? Would you play, Would you go full strength in this? Because they're likely know. to rest and play. I don't know, I just don't, I don't yeah, on the one hand, sorry. I don't feel like we can afford to play a full strength team. But then on the other hand, I don't really know who else we can play. I'd be tempted to rest Rafinha. Hmm. Just cause. Put Bayern Munich off. I was right about Stuart Gray, uh, by the way. Born Harrogate, he is um, Eddie Gray's son. Played for Celtic, 1992 to 98, and then Green Morton, Oxford. He never really cut through, but Celtic, everybody was like, oh, really good Gray. So there's loads of them. He can go back. He can have a game. If, Carry um, on. If Gray was to play in this game and throughout our cup run and get to the final, he'd be the youngest player to ever play in an FA Cup final, beating the record of... You'll never guess. No, it's no. played an FA Cup final. Oh, okay. Um, a former Leeds, Jordan Bataka. A former Leeds legend, Curtis Weston. <laughs> played, for, uh, played for Millwall in that final where Dennis Wise was in charge. So there God you go. Almighty. Great memories. So this is mm-hmm. what I mean. The FA Cup, having been, I mean, that's the second time, maybe the third time that Dennis Wise has had his mucky ball prints on it. Being there with Wimbledon and Chelsea. And then Millwall. It needs saving. It needs the greys. Mm-hmm. Could even do a little like behind the scenes documentary about it, can't you? In in the real world, what do you think? What's going to happen? I, I did have a look back at how West Ham generally approach the cup, and they generally go for the approach of resting like a few players. But they stay fairly strong. 
they certainly don't completely take the piss of it like teams do with the League Cup where they'll make like 11 changes. So I think they'll be fairly strong. I kind of don't mind if we're not, but I, I don't see many options. So I think mm. we'll, I think we've probably got a reasonable chance in this game because they're not in great form anymore. I know they've, they've had a couple of wins, but not against great sides. And they're, they're fifth at the minute as well, right in the hunt for that Champions League spot. That's the only thing. I'm just looking at the table now. You've got Arsenal on play 20 with 35 points. They had the same games played with 34, so just a point behind. And then you've got Spurs, but they've got two games in hand and 33 points. So it's really tight in there. They had the classic thing as well of, um, I don't know who they lost to the other week, but they got booed. <laughs> I mean, for, Southampton, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, I mean, who expected West Ham to be this good this season? Nobody really did. I don't think even West Ham fans did. And it's only season before last when they were nearly relegated and then they got Moyes in and now you know you are pushing for the Champions League spots rubbish they can all get in a bin with Brighton Um, in the 2009 film The Damned United Stuart Gray portrayed his father Eddie Gray really Mm -hmm. there you go so what do you feel for the uh, the game on Sunday you've already asked him that no no, no, we talked about the lineup what do you feel in terms of an outcome now I feel we'll it will probably be a narrow defeat. And are you fine with that? Probably, yes. Which makes me a bit sad because I feel like I should care more yeah. and want us to win the FA Cup. But I think realistically, we probably won't anyway. And it might result in more injuries. And the problem is with the FA Cup, and all, well, all Cups, in fact, is that Man City can probably rest like half a dozen players, as can Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, and they'll still have really strong teams out and eventually you'll have to play one of them. I know Man United shit now, but they've got a really good squad mm. and they can kind of get through to the quarterfinals quite effortlessly and then they can start playing a good, their good team and they'll just twat you in, what, in the quarterfinals. What would you do with the League Cup? Would you get rid of it? Nah, just keep playing it. Keep letting Man City win it. I know that they're out of it this year actually, aren't they? But mm. um, They'll win it next year. Yeah, exactly. Um, what would you do with it? Would you keep it? Um... Because if you got rid of that, it'd add a bit more gloss back to the FA Cup, even just a tiny bit, you think? I mean, the thing is, it only started in the 60s, didn't it? It's not like it's a real heritage. I mean, the 60s feel like yesterday <laughs> um, to me. I, I think getting rid of it ends up being the thin end of the wedge, though, because you, you're appealing to like Champions League clubs, is what you're doing by getting rid of it, because they're the people who don't really want it, more so than... But then they always win it. I know, they, they don't even care, though. But just make the European Cup straight knockout. Make the Champions League small and make them play the League Cup and take it seriously. <laughs> there are, I mean, there are arguments for modernising this stuff because, you know, the way the world has changed, does it make sense to have a league, a football League Cup when the Premier League exists, but then always say you can never have any kind of European League competition when you know, that probably makes as much sense as playing somebody from the Football League, the Premier League playing against a team from the Bundesliga. Like, do something like that. Should we have a a pan-European. The Intertoto Cup. Though I guess we're not in... Um, oh, no, Europe the Anglo-Italian anymore. Cup. Sorry, but the Anglo-Italian. The, even, you know, the the faff that the League Cup causes and that nobody really, you know, gives it any respect anymore is kind of, do you just keep it limping along um, for old times' sake when it's not even that old? You know, if you're talking about football I mean, traditions. I'd, I'd be sad to see it go because, you know, we've won it and all that and I'd like to see us win it again. But... You just wonder if the chances, what well, the chances of that actually happening are. I mean, they're probably better than I than I estimate. But I look at it and I think, well, yeah, it'll probably be Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea. One of the, one of those four or five clubs will win it just about every year now, forever. So, is there any point with it? With, with given that this this what's at stake with the Premier League, I guess, is the root of it. Come, well, yeah, and that's that's a bad reason for 
doing it. I think it is a bad reason, but it's still a reason. Um, yeah, I just, just like to mollify Jurgen Klopp is not what I would ever do anything particularly. But um, it's sort of how just because things are old doesn't mean they should be traditions. That's the thing. You've got to give them a certain due reverence for having stuck around so long. But you know, you get a lot of um, old buildings that people want to keep around just because they're old and then you actually say well have you looked at it it's, <laughs> it's fucking rotten and it was never any good in the first place it's just a you know it was not old warehouses there's not a real substantial difference between a, an old warehouse and a new warehouse they were built for the same purpose it's just the new ones have metal roofs whereas the old ones have slate roofs and people like slate roofs they don't like metal roofs so we keep the one with the slate roof and you know protect oh no we can't do anything about that whereas it's just a rotten old Brick building that was built for tuppence, just alone, just because nobody's cared about it. They just nobody could be bothered knocking it down. And that's the league it's cup, ladies and there. gentlemen. It's that it's yeah. the shit warehouse. It's got Pep Guardiola in it with just a stack of silverware. It's like I don't even want this. So yeah, and other countries have do more about you know competitions can change. They just don't tend to change in this country. Um, if you think about, if you ever read. Um, uh, Jonathan Wilson's history of Argentinian football, he just doesn't even bother explaining what the tournament for, what the league it's format insane, is. It's insane, isn't it? Yeah. I've actually read about when Newell's won the league with Bielsa. It's insane. They have mm. two championships a year and then the two champions yeah. are rightly crowned champions but then play each other off to win the overall championship, don't yeah. they? And relegation being decided on like a rolling three-year average of points and all this kind of messing about that I wouldn't endorse or support but it's still football keeps getting played. Whereas we've we tend to be very much just like, no, these are the divisions. This this is how we play. This is what the competitions are, whether it's any good for us or not. <laughs> and uh, and that's, you could maybe do an assessment and say, well, is this still any good for us? It's good that we've had a long discussion of the League Cup, <laughs> the League Cup. in an FA Cup preview section. And the thing is, if we, you, you discounted us winning the FA Cup this year, but to if there is one tradition and uh, some romance worth supporting, it's, it's the 50th anniversary mm. of mm. us um, actually winning it. And the 100th anniversary of us being knocked out in the first round proper by Swindon Town 2-1 and we, and we away are, and we are 50-1 to one to win it I just looked at the odds just to Ooh, give us 50-1 to one to get to win it in 50 years after don't bet on us winning the <laughs> FA Cup anybody but do you know what we've probably I don't know maybe, I don't know if it's the fates conspiring around this one in that you could almost imagine us winning this one just to raise our hopes for the league game the week after when they'll be dashed because you wouldn't imagine us winning twice there on the bounce, would you? The other thing about it is if you remember last season's second half after we got over losing to who in the FA Cup? Which Crawley. Crawley. Crawley could have yeah. been anybody, couldn't it? Crawley. It's a Gatwick. Crawley. Um, <laughs> Same Gatwick. thing. See, we were brilliant. And that kind of form, if we go on that run again and applied that not just to our improving league position, but to a cup, we could win the FA Cup from here. I mean, we could qualify from Europe from here, but winning the FA Cup I'd settle for. And when we get into Europe. <laughs> the Cup Winners' Cup. And, and the then competition Rafinha, we should bring back. And then Rafinha's not going to Bayern Munich, is he? Mm, this is true. Yeah. I don't, yeah, we shouldn't definitely shouldn't discount the Cup competitions. And yeah, the reason why I asked about the League Cup is just because, well, you'd obviously keep the FA Cup and it might make it better if the League Cup wasn't there. And I don't know. The thing is, if we had three more points, I'd be like, oh, yeah, we'll try and win the FA Cup. Yeah. Let's, we need to play a first team in this and we'll try and actually do something fun this year. Because we've still got it, feel because it's only a few days since we were almost in the bottom three. It feels like I still just want us to concentrate on the league for a bit longer. And the thing is about those three points is that they could easily evaporate a week later against West Ham again, anyway. <laughs> so three points is is almost um, nothing. Yeah, if if you got rid of the league cup, I think you'd have to do it 
with rules that create more respect for the FA Cup. Like, okay, we're going to take that away for you. Really sorry, winning it all the time has upset you so much, Pep. But now you're going to have to play your first team in the FA Cup and do it properly. And yeah. that's, that's the trade-off. Every round of the League Cup used to be two legs, didn't it? Yeah. What a complete madness that was. Yeah. And then when we've been going back on the match ball 30 through the 90-91 and then the season after the 91-92 as we are now, it's mental, isn't it? Two-leg League Cup League Cup ties and unlimited FA Cup replays. And one, yeah. when you talk about these things no longer being fit for purposes, I guess, is the short phrase. One of the reasons that two-legged is ticket revenue. And one of the reasons these cup competitions existed is ticket revenue. And that's why when Heysel led to the European ban, they brought in domestic cup competitions to make up for the money that people weren't getting from that. Now TV money is such a big deal. I don't know how much of the Sean Harvey millions he negotiated for the League Cup that, you know, everybody's really reliant on, oh, we can't cope without the TV money from the League Cup coverage. But certainly the uh, the ticket revenue is certainly at the higher levels, it's not relevant. It's the lower lower league teams would still get a substantial boost from that, but not the boost they would get if the teams that were playing were playing the first teams because everybody now knows, oh, we've been drawn against Manchester City. Brilliant. They're going to be coming visiting us in, you know, whatever shithole Port Vale or whatever, but they're going to bring a bunch of teenagers. So you already know you don't get the, the bumper crowd that you might have. It's like, it's like almost like a pre-season friendly, except you've got a cup tight stay. Can, can clubs do without the prize money though from the League Cup? Do you know how much money you get for winning it? 20 quid? 25 quid? £100,000. Still. <sighs> Imagine having £100,000. We, we got £100,000 for winning the League 30 years ago, didn't we? £100,000 check was presented on the uh, And this is it. That, pitch. W- that would make a, maybe a substantial difference to a lower league club's budget. But Man City win it. So what's the point in giving Man someone's City wage for like a day, more or less, doesn't it? <laughs> it pays to keep Benjamin Mendy on in prison. Do you want to say that? <laughs> That's probably worth sp- spending the money on, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to this one. There's something in, in this game for us, isn't there, though? It's it's a tough ask because they're doing well in the league, but... It's London, isn't it? Which is not ideal. Oh, there is that. And there's no trains. But there there is. There's something to be got from this if we... Uh, it's always the same thing, isn't it? It's if we get the favourable wins, if we manage to avoid injuries and the ge- the, you know, the events of the game don't conspire against us, we've got a chance. I like winning games. It'd be nice to win. So, and, and no replays here. So no, yeah. Goes, so we might as well just go for it, haven't we? This will go straight to extra time? Or does it go penalty straight to penalties? I don't even know. I don't know how much they've trimmed this down. Mm, good question. You'd think you'd think extra time then penalties, wouldn't you? Just play just play first goal winner from the start. <laughs> That's what I say. Get it, get it over and done with. It would make it more exciting from the off, wouldn't it? If all FA Cup sides were won by one goal to nil this weekend, it'd be great. Chances are we're going to lose this, but you never know. I've just got that little feeling. You never know. There's always that little feeling with Leeds that we could uh, pull a rabbit out of the hat. Extra time will be played according to the uh, very useful and very search engine optimised Crystal Palace website. Great. Win? Yeah, why not? Because <laughs> the pressure's off. That's why you're saying it, isn't it? Exactly. I, I'm not bothered about winning too much, so we probably will. What about you, Moscow? Um, I want to put Crystal Palace's website on the shit list because that's last season's FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever we said then, <laughs> disregard Who that. even knows? Right. Uh, what, it's February 2021 was a year ago, wasn't it? Yep. Let's just, um, let's win the FA Cup. <laughs> Is that fine? Does anybody have a problem if we do that? No problem. And that does wrap up part two of the uh of the weekly podcast that was our West Ham preview where we talked in depth at length about the FA Cup about dismantling the League Cup <laughs> at least now you'll uh, you'll never forget who knocked us out of the FA Cup in 1922 will you curse you Swindon town first Billy Painter now this 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We'll return to the Phil Hay show later on this week. Going to be recording that on Thursday ahead of the uh, the West Ham game. Looking forward to catching up with Phil. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see if he's as giddy as we are about beating Burnley. I think <laughs> um, I think we've all got a bit excited by it. Yeah, you can sign up for the Athletic with our discount. It's a fifty percent discount at theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. Phil Hay show returns this week. You can find all Phil's writing on the website as well as we. Uh, as we skip merrily towards mid-table, Phil will be there to guide us through it. And of course, I know he really appreciates questions about the January transfer window. Yeah, by all means, tweet at him, yeah. ask him if there's any news. Yeah. Um, he, he does know what's going on. If he, if he tells you he doesn't, he's got a <laughs> he's got a list in his wallet of yeah. every signing that's already done. <laughs> Theathletic.com forward slash the square ball to use our discount. Heroes and villains. First, we will pick a Ken Bates villain of the week including nominations from us and from our TSB Plus subscribers who send us their feedback after every game. And plenty of nominations kicking off with the referee, a weekly occurrence representative of the poor refereeing standards in the Premier League. Paul Tierney gets a load from Andy, Eamon, Ken, Vince, Grumpy, Get Kev, Jeff, Aidan, Rick, Jambo, Mike, John, among others. Um, why? How? Well, you already spent half the other show defending him. I didn't defend him. I just think refereeing standards... He said he was great. So he had lovely hair. <laughs> And the refereeing standards, by and large, are Could shit. Be in a soap opera. They've backed themselves into a corner with stupid rule changes. The PGMOL, whatever it's called, that run the refs, not helping. I think the, even like the implementation of VAR, where you know if they're going to go to the screen, they're going to overturn it. I want to see a ref go to the screen and then not overturn it and go, actually, I've had a look at it. No, it's fine. But it's all theatrical. It's bullshit, isn't it? Do a wanker sign down the camera and are yeah. pointing at his eyes as they're like, yeah, then, what are you looking at? Let's <laughs> come all the way over here. Look at that. Rubbish. It's basically the uh, Urente one. He, I think he was wrong on that. Yeah, he was wrong on that. But and, I don't mind, I don't mind I mean, refs getting it wrong. It's he, fine. He does also yeah. get picked up. This is a fair Even point. Even when we concede. No, well, it happens in football, but it didn't matter, did it, ultimately? Mm. There wasn't a consequence from it. And he does pick him up on the fact that Hennessy takes an age with every goal kick. Fine. Melee takes a few seconds. Hurry up, hurry up. And that is true. That in, If you get into the last 10 minutes and you're winning a game, referees are really, really quick to pick you up on time-wasting. They're like, come on. And they're making little, I'm stopping this gestures, tapping the wrist and everything. 
Well, it's by virtue of Burnley's time wasting that we ended up with five minutes of injury time, wasn't it? So it's their own bloody fault. Well, they were doing it in the first half too. There should have been yeah. there should have been five minutes added on in the first half. In that case, it's just that I think it it takes refs by surprise when people do it from the first minute because they're like, well, surely they're not time wasted now, like because that'd be weird. But, but are they stupid? <laughs> they must know that it happens. Yes. How many times did the referee Burnley a season, and they must do it in every game? So mm. it, it is it is one of those, a bit like we were saying in you know how. He wasn't allowed to be sent off because it was after six seconds in mm. the Liverpool game. It's a bit like, well, you can't. I'm not going to add on time for time wasting now because it's so we're tw- we're twenty got, minutes in. Did Tierney get booted off the Liverpool, the Chelsea Liverpool game, and sent over towards? Because Anthony Taylor ended up refereeing that. Yeah, and I'm not quite sure what happened. Though. There was some sort of shake around, wasn't there? There was a change. I'm sure they were happy with it. And just ever. take it back when you said there were no repercussions from the Urente foul being incorrectly given. We conceded a goal. Cornet did his stupid silly dancing somebody threw a bottle at what's his face our reputation diminished um, a Leeds fan will be getting a banning order rightly can't throw stuff those are a lot of repercussions it's the old butterfly effect isn't it mm. So I didn't mean there were no repercussions I meant in terms of football well you said there were no repercussions so I'm just pointing out some of the repercussions <laughs> and Urente got booked as well I was going to say Urente well, now misses the West yeah, Ham suspended. game doesn't he the, and not the, the league Cup game money. as well so we've, we've had one game and of course West Ham away Robin Koch is going to get injured so we'll never see the best centre-half partnership since uh, Ferdinand and Woodgate and uh, Butler and um, Neil Collins if they ever played together <laughs> no they didn't no. Butler and Gregan Grumpy Butler get, and Gregan uh, that's Grump, who I was forgetting Grumpy get Kev's at, um, post actually his feedback does point out that VAR is absolutely pointless but I do, there's nothing that VAR could have done because it won't look at free kicks and yellow cards will it that's the that's why it's used. It's toothless. It's wrongly implemented, isn't it? And then ages. It took him ages to take that free kick as free well. Kicks, though, it's hard just, though. That would be but too... if he scores from a direct free kick like he did there, and the free kick was incorrectly given, then you would feel within just your rights. Just get the referee to make the right decision. That's okay, much easier. Speaking of that free kick, uh, what flows from that is Cornet. Yeah, he's um, just for everything. Cornet. If we're going to give him his proper uh, francophile name, I'll dance in front of him if I ever see him. Somebody with no name, Ben. Somebody else, John P, Jake, Boney M, Brooksy, Spadge, John, um, all picking out Cornet. This actually does bear on the referee slightly because um, it's uh, Ben points out his awful celebration that he did twice. And this goes back to the Arsenal game as well when they went running into the same corner and the referee was like, look, there's been an incident down there already. Get out. This one, obviously, Bugalugs has the bottle thrown at him and then... Um, is staggering about and they bring people on and then Cornet's off into the same corner again having been told the referees is right everybody out of that corner and then he goes off there again dancing fuck the silly little sod there's got to be some kind of I don't know check the rule books on what a referees dis- can disincent- actually do a disincentivization well, to no, do it but just if the referee says to you don't go and dance in that corner and then you go and dance in that corner again like minutes after the goal's been scored get your yellow card out that's dissent isn't it you're ignoring the referee's instructions and mm. there's got to be if you were saying get 10 yards back at this uh, free kick and you didn't do it, you get a, a booking for, I don't know if it's dissent or unsportsmanlike behaviour, but, you know, the, you you talk about refereeing and what they can and can't do. Being ignored by players is probably a problem when it comes to refereeing, so I don't know who's to blame for this. Cornet, Turney, both of them. Spadge does point out that, that if you're on a night out and you start giving it the big into a group of lads, is it surprising you may be on the receiving end of a straightener? And there is a... There is an element of that to It's a bit like celebration. You can draw sort of parallels with like internet warriors, can't you? Because you know there's no consequence to being an arsehole on the internet. You know that you're kind of protected by being on a football pitch up to a point. Yeah. You whereas get, Leeds fans decided to call the bluff on that. I get a bottle in the face because if I'm, this shouldn't be taken as condoning 
bottle throwing, you keep I mean, saying, you know, there will be a, a banning order for whoever did it and it'll be, you know, unlucky for them, but also don't throw stuff at them and then that doesn't happen. But there is got to be, there seems to be a, a, a fashion for it at the moment. And I don't know if we, what's happening in France, it could be necessarily a fashion for it. It's an absolute craze. But it's happening. It was the Arsenal game with loads of stuff being thrown in in the corner. Not our Arsenal game, but the, when they played against Man City, yeah. Man City. So Man City went and celebrated them. Loads of stuff came flying on. And you just you just think with it being kind of these things go in waves in football. It's like when everybody had inflatables because Man City had them. So there's like that became a craze for a while. And there's always trends come and go. And if the trend is when players are dancing in front of opposition fans, bottles full bottles are being chucked in their faces. You'd maybe just have a word as as players and groups said, well, we need to stop people throwing stuff onto the pitch and we can say to the fans, don't do it. But also, how about we just don't go and gold fans for a while and see if that stops it from happening and then maybe just calm it down for a little bit, manage this period when it seems to be, you know, every match of the day is saying, oh no, and a bottle thrown on and oh, there's an object and because... It keeps getting picked up on. It becomes a virtue, not a virtuous circle, but it's a, a circle. The more you see it, the more it happens. The more it happens, more people you, you see it, and it needs. You know, you can tell the fans not to do it, but you know, the fans know they're not supposed to do it. That's why they do it. So, a circuit breaker. Rafinha went over breaker. and had a word. I don't think perhaps in the knowledge that he'd done more or less the same thing at Chelsea, having scored a penalty, he kind of went yeah. over and went. He's dance. He's dancing. Not. Do people not like the yeah. the, the dancing? I don't know. I did it's safe um, distance though, wasn't he? Well, that's the thing. That's it. Do it out of throwing distance. It's not. A, it's <laughs> not a big ask. It's kind of just, and it it is odd that it always seems to be that corner at Elland mm-hmm. Road. And it does make me wonder if there is some kind of thing where you know players do talk to each other and roll out, go and celebrate in front of the crowd. Because our crowd is different, and everybody is picking out as different. And you can see from the way Stuart Dallas's goal was celebrated in the South Stand. Compare that to Old Trafford when it's the Sioux. Absolute bullshit. <laughs> it's a totally different atmosphere and players seem to be from other teams reveling in it to an extent like Dominic Calvert-Lewin when he scored at the start of the season. And so I don't know what the message is that they all think will go to Welland Road and hostile atmosphere is one thing but as we were saying on the match ball we weren't being hostile to Maxwell Cornett. He'd been on the pitch 10 minutes. Mm. Nobody had noticed him until he banged that free kick and it would be like the... Uh, Madison, was it Madison who scored for Leicester? It's the same thing there. Well, that was an absolutely fantastic goal. Barn, Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes. You think that's an absolutely fantastic goal. And you sort of look there and I was like, that's great. And then you look at him and go, what are you doing now, you wanker? <laughs> you scored a good goal, now piss off. I know, it's, it's not like, to go back to the old days of like Cantona, who used to get absolute like abuse thrown in for, a get, for the full game. And if he scored, he'd kind of give a bit back, which again was a bit, maybe a bit daft for getting stuff thrown at you but equally it was always a, you sort of have to go well yeah and it'll be the same when Ronaldo scores this year after getting loads of abuse from us <laughs> you know he will have a I guess a point of being able to do it because he'll be like well you've been yeah. saying whatever you've been saying <laughs> who knows what he'll be <laughs> calling me a character and, with, and other things but with Harvey Barnes the atmosphere would have just been oh bloody hell that was a good goal fucking hell Leeds why didn't you stop that we just mm-hmm. scored what, what the hell happened nobody really cares about Harvey Barnes one way or the other nobody cared about Maxwell Cornet. One way they just go, oh, that's a good free kick, that bloody hell. What, Melier should have been over to his right. Why didn't Tyler Roberts block down the wall? And suddenly he's doing all this. Right, chuck stuff at you. So, right, right, let's, it all. The, the but bottle, the bottle the, thrower gets a, yeah, is a villain as well. Just don't fall for it. Yeah. 
let's wrap it up then with the, the, this part of it anyway with the bottle throw gets mentioned again Matt Lauten who got hit by the bottle gets nominated probably feels irresponsible to indulge that from Adsham behave yourself no I think the whole lot the whole incident everybody involved yeah. can just go away for, together Get in do, the bin. do you think Deitch talked it down because he throws bottles at them regularly <laughs> and not plastic ones either <laughs> big old fashioned thick bottomed it's, it reminds me of is it the film Dodgeball when uh Oh, is it? Yeah, he's, throwing the, oh, them he's them chucking and wrenches and mm. spanners at them. Yeah, maybe so. Wood and Taylor, our ex players playing for Burnley, both get a, a number of nominations. Adrian, Sazzy, Philip, Finn, all uh, picking them out. Philip does mention that on the BBC radio commentary, Michael Brown called, called out Charlie Taylor for not being the brightest. So, can you imagine how dumb he has to be for Brownie to say that? Which is a fair point. <laughs> uh, he does have a stupid face, does Charlie Taylor. Sean Dyche gets picked out by a number of people Matt, Ben, Marvin, West and Ralph. Jay Sam, Roger, among others. He's described by Roger, actually, as the joyless anti-Bielsa, always croaking in the fourth official's ear. Yeah, there's that what, contrast between what, what, what the... What does that sound like? There's the contrast between the stuff he says after the game, for example. Oh, that was a great atmosphere. And then the stuff, <laughs> the absolute awful behaviour you get from him during the game when he's in the fourth official's ear, like, Ref! 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 Throw him, Ref! He's our throw, Ref! See that bottle? <laughs> He wouldn't have been calm about the bottle when it was happening. So that's one of the other, the other things with Deitch, the hypocrisy. Yeah, and Marvin is um, being slightly presumptuous by saying that Deitch ball, good riddance. Well, mm. it, we'll have yeah. Tony Mowbray to enjoy next season. Tony Mowbray's teams yeah. play fairly exciting football. I think it would be more interesting I to watch them. I take that back. I'm sorry. It's just we can only have so many Northwest clubs at a time. Burnley as a concept also picked out for similar sort of reasons. Scrooge McHutch. Um, pleased to pick out the Burnley fans for increasing the allocated amount of fingers and toes in a football stadium, etc., etc. Um, uh, I mean, Boney M saying sums it up quite nicely. Seriously, who the fuck time wasted in the first half of a fucking game? Wolves? Well, yes, Wolves do it as well. Gary Monk did it against us as well, didn't he? With Sheffield mm. Wednesday when it was um, slowing the game down when they were losing, they <laughs> couldn't get they couldn't snap themselves out of it. I remember it, and they just kept taking ages over everything as if they couldn't stop. Um, would you be sorry to see them get relegated this season if they were to get relegated? Not really. Although I quite like it as an away ground, actually. Because mm. it's old and shit, which is what I look for and in a stadium. And close. Mm. Yeah. So I'd be, happy, I'd be happy enough for them to stay up for that. But yeah, I, I don't I don't like watching them play. Although I do like watching us beat them, which we do seem to do more often than not. So that's quite good. Yep. Graham picks out the footballing gods for denying us Bamford to punish an awful team who deserved to be on the end of a humiliating scoreline. Obviously, his grudge with Deitch as well. We were awaiting another episode in that, but um, that may have to go on the back burner as well if Burnley get relegated. Uh, Budweiser, Howlin' Rick, who sounds like a uh, WWE wrestler, uh, suggests that Budweiser on the Premier League app uh, named Dallas the King of the Match. He's a Jesus bloody Christ. man of the match, Mr. Shitlager. Mm. Oh, other knobheads, first leads for not putting any buses on. Yeah, that was poor. That's a poor show. Was it a bank holiday? Um, I don't know if it was. Sort of. There was one the next day, but they never do. Boxing Day and New Year's Day, they, didn't, they never do. It's it wasn't New Year's Day, it was the second though. Yeah, but it's New Year's weekend. I thought privatised bus things were meant to be like efficient. Surely it's... No, they're about making profit for shareholders. But surely... Not about putting a bus... If, about, they could, if they could get away with never running a bus, they'd do it. I mean, this, look, is, this is easy money though. This is like the, the most full a bus ever is is around these days. You think uh, it involves be... getting people in for work and paying them double time though, doesn't it? And stuff like mm-hmm. that. But Tom is even aggrieved by it and he says, I live in Canada now so I wasn't affected <laughs> by the lack of buses yesterday but they have previous in not running. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Well, yes, because he's telling the story uh, New Year's Day 2014 when he was hungover making a short trip from Outwood to Leeds by train 
to find there were no buses, then hiked to ER where the heavens opened on the way. And I discovered I had a hole in my shoe and I sat soaked and freezing through 90 minutes of shite football. It feels like we lost 2-1. they've become the conduit then walk back through the which station. you want to express your misery. First buses then rather than all the other stuff that happened. This is Tom's story, not my story. No, I know. I know. I mean, you as in Tom, not you. Personally. Okay. Uh, what's Zach picking me out for? I had to show off about Chelsea being 2-0 down, single-handedly giving Chelsea two. No, I didn't. I don't care what happens between Chelsea and Liverpool. Let the billionaires fight out between themselves. I not, actually not asked. want to nominate both of you. Why? Well, where's my Christmas present, you bastard? And it's you came up with the idea of a secret I Santa. I bought you a Christmas present. And then you, but you've not brought it. I have it here. Oh, okay. And then you? Where's I, our secret Santa? Right. I'm not doing it. I've been too busy. I was too busy fucking doing all your stupid podcasts when you were sat at home with your feet up. Allegedly. Me and Michael yeah. can exchange gifts then. Wow. Uh, uh, oh, is yours wrapped? No. Oh, good. No if you're I have a feeling we might have got each other the same if thing. If you're on YouTube, show the camera. Show it to the camera for YouTube's purposes. You, it's got me a dress on it. A4 oh, yeah, that's envelope. true. A4 rigid <laughs> envelope. So you've both got like the same cardboard reinforced envelope. So is it some sort of certificate? It's a letter. It's a, histori- oh, uh, it's a historical document. Well, I also have historical documents that I was going to share between you, but you can have them all now. You're going to have to prepare, pretend on this that it's your name at the top of this letter, okay. because I know it's a le- I know you've sent a similar, a similar thing, um, and also you're going to have to, you're going to have to overcome the disappointment of there being no signed photograph. Okay. Um, what have you got him? Here you go. It's a, it's a, a letter that I found someone selling on eBay. Uh, dear Daniel, we'll pretend that's, it that's says what it says. Thank you for your recent card. You say with... it's on, it's on Leeds United headed notepaper. We mm-hmm. should say by the way. Does have someone else's yes, somebody's address on it. So, um, Although the person is clearly a, a, an oddball. Uh, I mean, that's not... <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll pretend it's still me. Dear Daniel, thank you for your recent card filled with kind words of support. They are greatly appreciated. I am proud to be the manager of such a great club and hopefully get them back to where they belong in the Premiership. A letter from Bielsa. <sighs> I have enclosed signed photographs for you and your dad for your collection. Kind regards. Oh, Neil Warnock. <laughs> Oh, well, well you thank his, you. His own fair hand. I am touched. touched that. I can't remember what the budget you set was, um, so I just went a bit mad, um, bearing in mind. I was, at the time, I was well, that, buying for two. That's why I didn't get anything. Say I was saving the company mm. money. Well I, was, well, I spent my own money. So, that, I mean, that person, I'm not that tight. by the way, who, if you look through their other items on eBay, they clearly pretend to be fans of a club and write to the manager in the hope of eliciting a, re- a reply and pictures because right. they did it they had letters from loads of different people all basically okay. with the same format so they obviously just write to you know whoever they'll be writing to like Gary, Mc, Dyche. Gary McSheffrey Sean Dyche yeah. now going like oh you're doing such a great job if you can send me a picture of your big gingerhead that'd be lovely <laughs> here's uh, alright so in return mm-hmm. uh, there's a few of these oh I see the writing on the back of that one oh, ju- I'm excited I already just need, now I, the just, next one. I just need you to know by the way that if I had got your secret Santas I would have spent the company money and not my own okay. so here's gift one Gift one. What's that? Oh, wow. That's, what is it? Um, Hold it up for the camera. That's, that's Luke Varney. Oh, wow. And what is it, though? It, it's a signed photo a signed of him photograph. having punched someone in the face, I think, by the looks of it. Denying everything. And then here's the next one that you read the back of, I think. It's Tongi. I saw his Another name. Another signed photograph. Wow, there he is. Poetry These are all motion. signed photographs. For Getting on the end of a, a, Warnock, a standard Warnock He's pass. Go on. Then the next one I think you'll particularly uh, appreciate. Nigel Worthington. Look at that. I know What's it? What's he written on it? He's one of your particular favourites. Oh, best wishes, isn't it? There he is. Look at him. Signed Glorious. it very, Merry very slowly. 30, what will he be on this picture? 32, <laughs> 20, 33? 22 if he's a, day. a very <laughs> fine, absolute picture of health. We were speaking about him before. 
There you go. Ah, uh, you've really gone to town here, Moscow. Oh, Billy Pigs. Mm. I was at that game. That's uh, it's Preston away, isn't it? That where he's he's facing yeah. the away fans Scoring doing a, his goals. Celebrating. I can't believe it. He'd just done the beforehand. He's, uh, um you've had the big tits now <laughs> at the other end. The big ass of oh Tate, Alan Tate, Alan Tate with, oh, jo- with Johnny wow. Woodgate. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look in. He doesn't look in good nick there for a footballer, does he? Tate, you have to say. No, he looks, he looks kind of. All thick. I remember, he was very briefly on loan with us, wasn't he? And the size of that man's backside <laughs> was phenomenal. I remember he was considered to be a good signing for like one game. In the, same way as all, in the same way as all centre back signings were. And then he is the. Uh, wow, this is a big one. It, it, yeah, this is a, a big. It's an A4, more than A4 sized, uh, glossy signed photograph of Jason Brown. Got it in one. <laughs> Even wearing the Leeds kit, though, you can't imagine how I mean, rare it is to find a photo of Jason a, Brown. That's rare as hen's teeth. Signed rare as hen's teeth in a Leeds yeah. kit. Wow, I, I must admit, without knowing the general theme, if it had been a picture just of his head or him in a different kit, I may have struggled to know that that was Jason Brown. Can you? I look in good shape compared to that. Do you want to put that somewhere up on the on the in the studio furniture? I feel like that's an important artifact we've got. Um, you can't we, cover we just up John Lukic. straight over John Lukic's face. One goalkeeper for another. We'll sort it out later. Just, yeah, we'll do it. Do we it. Can't read that. We finish taking I'll down. Take Bielsa, I'll take Bielsa down and I'll cover up John Lukic. <laughs> there we go. So there's Christmas. Anyway, back to heroes and villains. Um, on the keepers front, Hennessy is picked out. Actually, Slip wasn't pleased with Hennessy for getting his hand to Dan James's header um, <laughs> and ensuring I was sat down with my head in my hands when it belatedly bounced in. Brilliant. I love that. Um, surprisingly limp wristed for somebody so fond of salutes. Yeah. It wasn't a salute. He didn't know. He he, no. he didn't know. Waving at it, wasn't he? He didn't know it was. Yes, he was, he was waving at the person just taking a, the photo. A very firm wave, wasn't it? Mm, indeed. Uh, children, yeah, get some nominations. Not for being miserable bitches, as I uh, described that the eight-year-old girl famously, um, but running on the pitch. The post-match crash. Mm. Well, it's sort of a treasure hunt, isn't it? That's become a thing. Run on it? and yeah. see what you can get. We, I mean, we, we laughed about it earlier in the season and went, ah, oh, don't be spoil sports. And now I take take it all back, imprison the little criminals. Uh, well, Andy's laying straight into him. He said, they've just had sodding Christmas. What more of the begging little shits want? <laughs> it's awkward because on the one hand, those uh, signs you see at everywhere, at every game, saying, can I have your shirt, uh, kind of seem a bit annoying. But then the girl who got Luke Hayling's shirt and um, was, Filmed absolutely sobbing her eyes out, but it's the most meaningful thing. Isn't that it? Because, does. Isn't that because she's just been told no? This is going on eBay. <laughs> well, this is <laughs> what it. Do you mean, that's, Daddy? that's not true. By it's the way, a, it's a. It, it does then turn into a beautiful moment for a young person. Mm-hmm. You think how good it is and positive that you can make somebody feel that way. But I don't know. Maybe they should also have to sign a contract that they have to kind of they have to keep feeling that way about this piece of sweaty cloth until they're at least forty-five. If at any moment now. There is even the slightest dip in emotion the way she feels about that shirt. Mm. Take it off her. Mm. It's you wanted it. It's like in speed, isn't it? If you've the, got if, it. If the speedo goes below fifty, the bus blows up. You've got to stay in a, in a in a state of heightened emotion until you're in your middle age, and then you can finally stop crying over that shirt. It did soften me to the whole, uh, you know, hand painted signs. Please can I have your shirt thing. But I'm sure next time I see some scum little bastard at Old Trafford <laughs> saying, "Oh, Ronaldo, please can I have your." You should, I promise not to test it for DNA. It'll be, uh, my, my heart will harden against we have, it. We've got another child grievance here from Boney M. Have you seen that one? Mm, the kids sat next to me quoting FIFA stats about players. You see, I've got a certain amount of sympathy for that because my lad will do it. Like, if I could see, I could throw a player name at him, he'll say, like, eight, yeah, 84 shooting or whatever. There was on the, um, the scum Twitter space thing, there was, I'm sure someone on that mentioned, like, oh, we've not, we need, 
better midfielders because ours are only like we need an, 80, give some, we give need some, an 87 CDM yeah, they were yeah, like yeah. oh we've, we've only got like an 84 or something it was like, that's not that's how kids see the world that's now not, this wasn't a child I don't know, this was so a, like, you know when we were growing up we were man. fascinated yeah. by the stats on like football Absolutely. manager and championship yeah. manager it's international the, caps yeah it's the, but it's the equivalent of that it's they, they know the numbers you used to know the players to go to for football manager mm. and championship manager but the difference is is like they get to play FIFA and it looks so realistic they're in the stadiums with the kits and all that sort of thing and then they see these people in real life. So if it helps them to connect with the club, I'm kind of all for it. I think we should ban children from Ellen Road immediately. Well, they're at risk of getting the balls to the face, aren't they? Or at, so the very least, or at the very least, price them out like babies. They're at risk of um, <laughs> enforced cocaine sniffing, according to that uh, <laughs> chief constable. Yeah, yeah, come to football, get your kids a shirt and hooked on smack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Um, remaining nominations for villains are oh, poor Tyler. I mean, oh, he just gets nominated all the time. There's even an apology from Billy here saying, uh, sorry, Moscow, Tyler, Bamford would have had a field day. Would he? Well, we've never seen Bamford miss an easy header ever. Mm. Uh, well, I mean? Jimmy describes him missing the header as a 50p head. Well, at least it wasn't an open goal. And at least he doesn't play for Brazil and miss an open goal. So the point is in having a, you know, 50 million pound Champions League level Brazilian winger is just, just going to boot the ball in the south stand when they've got an open goal. Like some, not, just Alioski nice when it's not shouting at you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, Jerry is nominating Match of the Day 2 for only talking about how bad Burnley were and nothing about Leeds and no positives about us. Uh, whatever. I kind of feel more comfortable <laughs> with that, actually, sometimes. We just don't talk about us because they'll just get it wrong. Yeah, just leave us. Yeah, exactly. Just, just, just leave us. Yeah, again, you were saying it before about, you know, talking about Angus's um, programme notes. Yeah, just damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right, um, leave it to us. We'll we'll have some sensible conversation about these things. By weight of nominations, it should be Paul Tierney. Cornet comes in a close second, I think. Should uh, we put in terms of numbers? Should we send, like I suggested before, Tierney, Cornet, the bottle thrower, and Loughton all uh, villains together, and they can just be condemned to recreate all of that forevermore? They wanted it so much, everybody it bit, involved. It seems a bit unfair that Cornet gets to dance forever, and Matt Loughton gets a bottle thrown at his head forever. Is, it unfair? is that unfair? Well, he, later, <laughs> isn't he the one who, um, he kicks Daniel James in the face when he's trying to head the, the oh, goal okay, in? That's so, fair I actually think the most misery has been inflicted by the buses, you know. Mm, it seems, <laughs> I mean, I, I drove to the game, so I'm... I'm I got yeah. a bus to the game and it was probably easier than normal. But that's your own private bus though, isn't it? It's got one from, um, yeah, it's got a three times. I don't, I don't actually know what it was. I was expecting it to be absolute carnage because of them being no um, special. I don't know if people either didn't go or more people but drove. That but makes it, was, it even worse, Moscow, because they can put some buses on, but not the ones that people actually need. I mean, that get one in goes, the bin. First, that one goes from right near my house. First so leads, right? But anyway, I think first leads. That's I'm sorry. Well, yeah, me. I mean, first as a as a general bus company, are um, they've angered me there. Terrible, and and they're run by bad people. So oh, prob- just probably, I'm sure some of the shareholders are unpleasant to deal with. So should we give it to them? Yeah, go on then. Okay. What the hell? And um, Paul Tini can uh, drive the buses. Uh, on to the Gitano Berardi Hero of the Week award then now. Some nominations for... Well, let's do our players first because there are plenty. Dallas is in there with plenty of uh, nominations from a variety of people talking about the number of appearances that he's racked up. Uh, obviously, he scored a goal. Seemed to enjoy his celebration. All-round good guy. It's a historically significant number of appearances he's racked up. It was... Um, I didn't realise until Johnny Cooper's stat was pointed out that he's the first player to pass 250 appearances since Lucas Radaby. That's how long it's been since we've had somebody to just stay that long. And then I assume it is Michael has compiled 
the details on who he could uh, pass if he keeps playing for the rest of the season. Big names. Wallace. Uh, Ray? No, I don't think he ever amassed 250. Not not quite. Maybe in the reserves. But um, yeah, Wallace 257, Lucas 262, Bowie 265, 267 Sheridan, and 273 Martin. So you're talking about some genuine legends of the club in there, and he's going to probably go past them. So, Would you describe him as a genuine legend of the club? Dallas. I would suggest he's he's overseen what has been an era that's not overseen. He's been part of an era that's been going to be really fondly looked back on when we uh, all grow another 10, 20 years older or whatever. I guess the thing with Dallas is you'd probably look at his first 80 games or whatever and no one would remember him. But <laughs> the stuff he's done post-Bielsa is, mm. is certainly heading that way, I think. And we'll see what he does over the next um, 250 yeah, well, games. I mean, he might not play that many, but I think he's still got a long way to go, hasn't he? Well, it's James Milner's birthday today, isn't it? Christ. And he's he's 36 and I don't you know there's a chance I guess he sticks around till he's 36 in which yeah. case you know we might be getting into Gary Kelly figures or something which is you know when you look when you start looking at the list it's actually the, there are not many people above him now particularly if you take out Riviera players mm-hmm. who are all just completely dominate that the, the kind of most appearances list he's right up there now mm-hmm. and I think he's um he's hopefully got a few years left in him as well playing right back left back centre mid well, thanks to uh, thanks to Jimmy James, Marvin, Jeff, and uh, Matt Barnier, Mad Sham, Hillary, Sue, John, and JV. everyone basically, yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone who sent something said Stu Dallas uh, for sure. I mean, he feels like the hot favourite for this, by the way. Um, just nominations elsewhere for for sure. Um, another one of our players like who was Alan Rickson getting stuck in, even though his skeleton must be thinking, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> I mean, it's not um, well, all the, it's not all originally his skeleton, is it? As well, we, we Rogers uh, named him Nagolo. Vorshaw saying he's added that aggression to his usual sort of neatness and efficiency and uh, playing his way back into England contention. There's time yet. There he is has, time yet. He has somehow come back better mm. than he was mm. without playing. They've upgraded you, the parts. You, you wouldn't think like two years out with an absolutely mangled hip would be the thing. Maybe everybody should do it. You've, it's the, the Forshaw plan. If you're feeling a little bit ropey after Christmas and New Year, take two years off to have countless hip operations and you'll be a new person when you come back. Ken Bates stole my seat is saying that I didn't spend the whole game wishing Phillips was back and that is down to him. Mm. Yeah, you didn't really notice it, did you? Because we were we, we did well, which yeah. is good. We won't miss him next season when he's gone to scum. <laughs> well, it's mentioned by... Um, oh, you're talking about Phillips, not yes. for sure. Uh, James actually picks out the fact they need another contract. Graham, Vince, Andy, Rob, Grumpy Git, Kev, Adrian, Patrick, all um, nomination, nominating for sure. Uh, Furpo gets some nominations as well. Not quite as many, but um, a good, really, really good performance. Yeah, being, as uh, Adrian's points out, being hammered all season, but it was great. Um, Rick, as well, what's, what's Rick referring to here? Because I've forgotten. He says, Junior Furpo was outstanding. He also wants to nominate me, as I, he upset me last time. Weren't you crying on about something last time for ages? I think it's that. Well, anyway. Suck, well, sucking up to me is not going to do anything. Click. So pack it in, Rick. <laughs> click, you, you've just nominated. You, you've upset me again. Joffy. I'd rather think about Click and Joffy. Uh, yeah. Cock. Dan James. Always ready to think about Cock. Urente gets a single nomination for... Quite well, I'm not sure. Bless him. He was good. Although I did notice at one point, um, uh, Chris Wood shrugged him off as if he was taking off a, um, a silk dressing gown. <laughs> he kind of just went like this. And Diego Irante went flying about 20 feet behind him on the floor. <laughs> and it wasn't like he was diving or anything. It was generally he'd thrown him. But it was such a kind of a gentle shrug. It just somehow, I don't know if he caught uh, Mad Diego off balance or something. But yeah, it was good. So he gets a nomination for being thrown about by Chris Wood. Can I ask a personal question, Moscow? Do you own a silk dressing gown? No. Oh, okay. I, I imagine you have a smoking I'm jacket. familiar with how they work, though. Right. I can, Im- I can imagine what, you striding around. What's, like, what's your experience? We, um, 
we have a, a nomination for Henry VIII. What's he got to do with this? I, d- I don't actually understand the words that Mike from Tooting has sent this in. No, I don't understand I, the word. I, I did have to look this up. Um, so let's read it out first. It says, it, actually, you typed on the sheet, by the way, Henry the Seventh. I would like to point oh, out. Oh, yeah, that's that's wrong. I corrected your basic error, not for the first time. Go I on. don't know. No, he doesn't get talked about, does it? Much does he, old Big Ken. The Seventh. Big, big Harry. Mm. But uh, yeah, he's been nominated for being the last person to take a stand against uh, Constantinity. I don't know. Consanguinity. Uh, consanguinity. I don't know how you pronounce it. What does it mean? Uh, it's, it's basically... Marrying relatives. Oh, interbreeding. Yeah, it's, inter- it's interbreeding. Oh, I see. It's another thing. Burnley. There's inter- a song about it and the, yeah, the Gary Neville's. Um, <laughs> flowing from that, Interpol picked out. Jeff P says, uh, Interpol for their sterling work in mm-hmm. retrieving Jack Harrison's dog from Sinister Betting Syndicate. I saw uh, he did his roundup of the year on Instagram. There was a photo of him with the dog and I don't think he'd have put that there if the dog wasn't harmed. So right, good. that's good. I think we're all very relieved. What else have we got then? We have Mike Dean for being anonymous. Kevin was pleased with that, yeah? To... Go back to what you were saying mm-hmm. there, Moscow. Uh, Less anonymous, COVID gets some some nominations from uh, Cop Coops, Lee and the Chiefs, TJ, just essentially for giving us a bit of a rest, mm. which was, it was quite handy. Although, I mean, you can't really get angry at Newcastle either, can you, for what they did by, uh, you know, when like Sim Maximan got injured and uh, Callum Wilson and they just immediately applied for mm-hmm. cancellation of their Ooh, game against Southampton. We, we need to uh, stay out of trouble until we get Kieran Trippier in. <laughs> <laughs> Not having it, are you? There were a couple of nominations for uh, from Jimmo and West Ham Ralph for whoever played I Predict a Riot at the end. Didn't like it. I didn't like Too it. Too loud. I prefer I prefer being able to sing at the players, yeah. I have to say, in that situation. You leave. I don't anymore, because I used to I used to when when I used to have to get back to the low fields really quickly because of where I parked my car. I, I, but if ever you were giving me a lift, you you would always have like strict instructions that I I would like to stay at the end of the game. But it was like, I'm not hanging around for you because I leave like four minutes before the end. So you need to be out and ready. And now you are like, oh no, I want to sing around and sing for my favourite players. Can't be playing. But that's, because, but that's because we used to re- record at Radio Air and we had to get out quickly. And if to you get don't there. get out quickly if, from the low fields where I had to park because the magazines were So there were there. years and years and years when you had absolutely no idea. They could have, after every game, they could have spent 20 minutes playing Michael Normanton's a <laughs> over the PA. <laughs> <laughs> and you missed it all. But now, oh, because you because now because you're all just like, ooh, <laughs> I want to see if Luke Kaling will give me a shirt. You don't want to hear any music. Blotting you out singing, Luke, Luke. <laughs> That's put you back in your box, hasn't well, it? Okay. I'm not sure how I feel about it. We should it was not, a we bit should, too loud. We should not give you those lifts now. Should have walked <laughs> to radio air. Made you grateful walk. bastard. And it's the right old way from. Uh, I didn't usually before oh. the end anyway. I used to get. I used to get to the exit as full-time whistle went and then just leg it as quickly as I could to it's get It's not this car. fantasy world in which you're staying behind to sing the song, the names of all your favourite players. I am quite small. If I've got a wig, I could pass myself off as a child and run on the pitch. Right. Um, we want to nominate whoever relegates Burnley, Burnley TV as well. Jake suggests that uh, Burnley's version of LUTV had an interviewer doing Deitch's post-match that sounded exactly like him. Oh, I've seen the clips of this actually, but it sounded like you doing your uh, impression, asking the oh. questions. What did you think of that? <laughs> Etc. Whatever it is that you do. Yeah, that's the one. Something um, like that. The box you know, is one last yeah. little. No. Come on, <laughs> Come on one more. Why? Because <laughs> I want you to. Why the fuck should I? Because it's what people want from this, not us talking about this. Anyway, the box logo, I mentioned that earlier on, actually. Pleased mm, with that. Yeah, I like much better. Tweet. Much more inclined towards a box tea boiler now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, get rid of the black, uh, the blue patch, and then um, 
I'm going to buy 10 of them. Don't really need the outline. Just put the word boxed on your sleeve. You could probably see. Oh, you, the outline you, gives it a little definition. But you can, you'd right. be able to see from their point of view. I'm trying to help them. Like you, you can see the word a bit better, can't you? If it's just the letters no, rather than a silly because outline. Because you'd associate the outline with the overall logo when you're looking at it. You, from you a think you're forgetting when our square ball logo used to look quite a lot like that, Dan. That had a big load of space. That's because that's I, I didn't know what to do with it and I was designing it and I've got no design sensibilities and I nicked it off the B&Q logo. Well, Sorry. you actually ended up with almost the identical um, logo of there was an art museum in Bern in Switzerland that was practically just the same. Um, I remember looking at it at the time. I'm sure we looked at it. Cool, um, cool story, bro. But yeah, but no, I mean, I'm actually bigging up your uh, the uh, the Kunstmuseum Bern. Pardon? Um, and yeah, we looked at it at the time. Look at that. This is on, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So that one, even blue and white. So I was quite amused when you better than the B and Q one. You just happened to land up on the exact same design as a art museum. But that was what I was thinking. The, uh, the notorious girlit trove of Nazi tainted arts makes its first oh. appearance. <laughs> At the end. Let, let's get off the Nazis. Um, Wayne Hennessy gets a nomination, by the way, for the way that he watched um, Dallas's goal go past him. Yeah, that was much better. I think that's what inspired him to interfere with Dan James. Is he was like, oh, I've got to try and get a hand on something today. Through a crowd, wasn't it? In fairness to Hennessy, that Dallas one. He just sort of... Still, I mean, uh, Melier's, the one we, he conceded, was around the wall. He saw less of that. It was oddly sort of limp from Melier, was that? He, he just sort of, he didn't really jump at it. He sort of went, oh, I can't reach. Our in a way that I don't, I don't particularly associate that sort of thing with him. Our photographer, Lee Brown, who was behind that, goal has a photograph of um, Urente trying to line the wall up and you know obviously it's a split second moment so you can't read too much into it but he's kind of looking at uh, back at Melier going huh you could you could tell they weren't quite happy with it yeah but it was an awkward place because it's, it's absolutely central mm. so you didn't really know and obviously somebody else could have put it around the other side so it's quite a difficult place to line up and I think it's one of the moments when you remember that Melier is 21 Right. Yeah, and the Let's... number of times he's bailed us out and made brilliant oh, yeah, saves. Yeah. I, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a ridiculous shot to let in or anything. It was a very no. good free kick. If... But I, I, I suppose I think I would normally expect him to save that because he's dead good. Anyway, Tyler Roberts' head had just been like a pick little a bit hero, bigger. pick a hero. Come on. I mean, yeah, the weight of uh, nominations and the weight of games that he's played and the sheer the moments impact on the club, the moments he's had, the near legendary status that he'll go on to. Uh, to have then um, Jordan Bataka is it? Oh no, sorry, I was thinking of something else. It's Dallas. Yeah, well done, Stuart Dallas. Then our Gitana Baradi Hero of the Week um, wraps up the show for this week. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with I think West Ham. West, West oh, yeah, Ham. Yeah, Phil Hay show before that, haven't we? As well, mm. not on the square ball. No, you're thinking of a completely different uh, media company that isn't currently offering the first month free if you subscribe to their. Uh, their membership TSP plus on which note we'll bid you farewell squareball.net not the whatever we'll see in a bit (laughs) the squareball podcast hey folks I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex ultra soft tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.